Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Norris. Today I'm going to read this. Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. We have a lot to do today. We have a lot to cover. Some big, 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 big Twitch news. Some real sucker punches being thrown as the streaming wars are quite possibly seeing a big ramp up. However, first, before we get to the Twitch news, South Korea has passed legislation that ends Apple and Google's monopolistic control of Apple Store payments within their own closed ecosystems. In case you forgot, because it feels like it's been 18 kajillion years since the case first launched, the main reason Epic sued Apple was, at least on paper, because Epic was not allowed to link an external method of payment. They wanted to bypass the 30% cut that Apple was getting as a payment processor. Which, by the way, as someone who runs a business that, ha- that takes credit cards, 30% is a massive chunk compared to, no, your normal credit card processors, which is, you know, 2%-ish with an asterisk. It's complicated. More complicated than I ever want to talk about. But this legislation marks the end of Apple and Google's control of payment processing, at least in South Korea. Now, with that being said, you would think this doesn't mean much outside of South Korea. However, more and more signs are showing that this could very well be landmark legislation for a lot of the rest of the civilized world. More and more, Apple has already been inching towards starting to do this as they are starting to see, they're starting to see the signs. It is not an if, but when. Other cases start forcing Apple to allow other forms of payment providers. Now, no word yet as to whether Apple's going to be forced to allow other app stores on iPhones. That's another big piece of the Epic versus Apple case. But this is going to be one of those things where only time will tell. Someone in chat says, because of the September promo going on right now, you can get uh, 20% off on, uh, on new subscriptions on Twitch. But if you're on mobile, you are still being charged the full price. I'm actually curious if it's the full price, including the tax. The thing is, is that um, Twitch always had uh, a bit of a mobile tax applied because of the 30% cut. Now, let's say I go over to... Ba-ba-da-ba-da. 
Where, let me go to a streamer I've never subscribed to. There we go. There is a streamer I've never subscribed to. And then I get an ad. F and A. I actually want to see if the full price is just the full 20%. Oh, it is $5.99 for the sub. So it actually is including the markup that they do. Yep, sure enough. $5.99 a month. It is the September promo is not included on mobile. Now, of course, uh, pricing in your area, of course, is going gonna, is gonna to vary. Uh, someone in chat just said in, in uh, Czechia or Czechia, I, I, I don't know how it's pronounced. I'm sorry. But o over in... Um, over over in uh over there it is uh 399 euros rather than the normal 459 but in, in any case the point being is that we are starting to see the cracks in the apple walled garden and in the case of the Apple Walled Garden in South Korea, it has almost crumbled. So we'll just have to see how things go. We, are st we have still yet to see what the uh, case result is from Epic versus Apple. The court case is over, by the way. We have just heard nothing as far as the result. By the way, if you are using Instagram, you are going to need to update your birthday info if you want to continue using Instagram. Now, your first reflex, because this was my first reflex as well, is... Oh boy, here we go. Facebook mining more data for more Instagram usage. No, no, no. But. Here is what they're saying. Facebook is saying that everyone needs to update their birthday information so they can make sure that the algorithm delivers age-appropriate content to those using the service. Which... Okay, fair. I guess you have a point. Wanna make sure we, we don't go ahead and serve all those all of the art for the jacko challenge to those under the age of 18 i guess but at the same time you're you're on my list facebook actually you've always been on my list in fact actually my opinion of facebook has not changed this has done nothing to help or or uh help or hinder my opinion of Facebook and someone in chat says give us a uh, birth date so we can show you better ads honestly 
Honestly, Facebook probably wants a, as far as ad goes, they want an, they want a uh, birth date so they can make sure they don't serve ads to those under a certain age group because there, there is a massive bulk of laws affecting what data you can harvest from minors and what advertisement you can sure you can serve to minors. That actually was a huge, huge, huge case in regards with YouTube and kids. In fact, if you upload videos to YouTube, if you go ahead and say that your video is intended for kids, you are going to discover that that video is not going to be monetized anywhere near what it normally would be. So, I mean, as much as the first instinct that you had, and I did as well, is, okay, come on, Instagram. Come on. There's actually quite a lot of very reasonable legal reasons why your birth date should be up to date on Instagram. That being said, I still need to recalculate what my birth date would be if I wanted my age to be 69 and constantly update that to Instagram, just that forever, my age would display on Instagram as 69. That and it's also just fun to mess with scammers and just always tell them that your age is 69 and see if they ever catch on. So far, the answer is no. Meanwhile, in China, someone in chat says you just make your uh, age 420. I tried that once. They just hung up immediately. I tried. Oh, in any case, meanwhile, in China, we actually have a lot of very fascinating China news today. The China Supreme Court has sided with a Bitcoin operator in saying that the Bitcoin mining operators will in fact gain control of their 485,000 AMD RX 470 graphic cards that they were used for mining. All of these cards were seized by the Chinese government when they banned cryptocurrency mining. But the, uh, as far as I'm aware, Genesis Mining Company fought to get all of their cards back and they have succeeded. The only downside is that, you know, they have 485,681 of these AMD RX 470 graphic cards. But cryptocurrency mining is still illegal in China. I guess they can hit the used market. You can go ahead and uh, 
and game on an RX 470 GPU. Which currently by modern standards has roughly the same gaming power as an Xbox One S. Honestly, though, right now, um, I guess anything helps considering the fact that, you know, cards like my GTX 780 are currently still selling on the used market for are currently selling for more than what they sold for new because right now this this GPU market is absolutely bat squeak insane. Someone in chat says that they should just go ahead use those bots to set up that FIFA bots farm. The worst part is someone's going to do it. That's what, actually heck they could use all those GPUs, actually hook up a real CPU to each of them. And go ahead and run a uh, WoW gold farming operation at that point, seeing as how there's no actual players left in World of Warcraft. Just the bots. They might as well just go ahead and join the bots and farm some WoW gold and sell that. Someone chat says they should sell, sell their water block 1080 TIs. I mean, there is that. You could. Someone in chat does ask, hey, who are you going to sell the wow gold to? Other bots. Duh. It's the, it's the only people who play World of Warcraft now. It's all bots. It's all bots. I'm, I'm sure there's seven real people that play World of Warcraft right now. Maybe eight. No, in all seriousness, I, there are people who do play uh, World of Warcraft still. A couple of streamers I, I know admitted to uh, diving back into World of Warcraft. I personally couldn't right now. I just can't. Oh, but if you thought that, you know, 485,000 GPUs being freed back onto the, onto the market potentially was good. Oh, boy. Let me tell you. There's some other good stuff. Like the fact that the arm division of China ha or the, I'm sorry, the China arm or the China division of arm. There we go. That said, right. Has relaunched itself as an independent company after seizing and stealing the IP of, of arm and just relaunched itself independent of ARM. I'm shocked, but not surprised. 
I mean, this is about the most Chinese ripoff thing that could possibly happen. You hear, you, you hear this, it's almost a stereotype at this point. What do Chinese companies do? Oh, they rip off other companies and just resell the same thing. Oh, there was an update since I last looked at this story. The reporting in this story is based on con on contained incorrect statements of fact and misstated the reasons for several recent events between Arm and Arm China. Oh my lord. Extreme tech has fed fake news. So apparently Arm says that Arm China did not, in fact, steal IP from Arm. <sighs> what the heck? Good call by chat for seeing the update. Which means there's plenty of updates right now. Because I know actually some other outlets that ran with the initial story. No one is updated. At least Arm is saying nothing was stolen. Who, to be fair. It is possible that Arm is just trying to save face and say that Arm China has not stolen anything just to try and say, hey, nothing was stolen from us. That is a possibility. That's, that's so very, very sad. I feel bad I didn't notice that when I was rushing through my prep this morning. I also feel bad that I did, when I did this story for the early bird briefing, that the story I had was not from this source from Reuters, because this source from Reuters actually does nail down the schedule much better than the source I had and what I originally ran with. So, originally, if you were under 18 and a gamer in China, you could not play online video games for more than one hour over the week and then up to, I wanna say five hours or up, to, or was it three hours over the weekend? But, now that has been updated in China, if you are under the age of 18, you cannot play online video games at all Monday through Thursday. At all. No call of duty for you at all. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. But you are allowed up to one hour on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and only between the hours of 8 p.m. and 9 p.m. Rip every StarCraft II player. 
rip every single RTS gamer out there that's over in China. Wow. That is, uh, that is a big yikes. So what happens if, um, well, so, so, uh, what, what happens if, um, you go ahead, you're under 18 and those high schoolers say, decide to get the same level of, uh, of curiousness as I did when I was in high school, set up their own little online MMO using something like, say, Ragnarok Online, and then go ahead and use that off the grid and underground little online gaming system for everyone who hasn't hit 18 yet. How are they going to track it? That's actually a very good question. I don't know how they would track it. Because that kind of traffic is... um, It doesn't look like much. Unless they specifically knew to look for various ports, which... At least the system I used to use back in the day would be um you could just set to whatever you want you could go ahead and set it to the same port as an ftp server no one would ever notice someone in chat says the traffic is very easily detectable lots of evenly spaced small packets true it could potentially be detected I think it would be very difficult, though, if you did it on the exact same sort of port as, say, an FTP. I, I would say something like a torrent, but um, let's be perfectly honest. Anything that looks like that looks like torrenting traffic on the Chinese web is probably extremely looked after. Oh, there we go. Put it on port 80. Put Make it an HTTPS. There you go. See, we're starting to think of our workarounds. Granted, you could just grow up. I mean, that's one very easy workaround with this. Just grow up. Because once you get... get oh, I'm sorry. HTTPS is uh, uh, 443. It's been a while. I mean, once you hit 18, the regulation no longer affects you. Simple, just grow up. It's so easy. Just grow up. Says the guy who runs a Twitch stream where he's mentally 12. Eh, boobies. Joking aside, though. This actually does have a lot of potential to uh, change how games are developed worldwide. Someone in chat says there is apparently a regulation for 18 plus. 
I do not know what the regulation is for those that are 18 plus, but hear me out for a second. This regulation is supposedly only for online video games. Now, Reuters here just says video games, period. Other outlets have said online video games. I'm inclined to believe that it is just online video games meant to try and regulate um, a lot of people have speculated uh, microtransactions. It could be just because the Chinese Communist Party is just a bunch of pricks. Someone in chat says they have regulations for video games for everyone. Again, I don't know. I don't know what they are. And quite frankly, I'm not going to lie. I'm not uh, too inclined on while live on the air to, uh, to go ahead and read Chinese legalese. chat says they see video games as a drug i could see that i could very much see that but hear me out for a second assuming that this regulation is just for online video games okay I, I only I can only go with what I see. And this is the the new hot news. If it is just online video games being regulated this heavily. Because I mean r- regulating offline video games. That is as we'd say here borderline unenforceable. Like in most countries, there's no way to enforce that. Now, in China, considering the fact that they are, you know, well, I'm not going to get too political, but, but basically because of the way they run themselves, they will find a way to enforce it, no matter how absolutely bat squeak insane it may seem. But admittedly, enforcing offline video game play is at least harder to enforce. It does bring the potential that considering how much other companies just want to pander to China, especially Blizzard, if it weren't for the fact that Blizzard is trying to figure out the difference between their butt and a hole in the ground right now, it can potentially lead to more offline games. Someone in chat says Blizzard basically worships at the altar of China. They do. 
they do actually just because a chunk of activision blizzard is also king games which is a big force in china but right now blizzard also it, um well we, we've talked quite a bit about the internal problems of blizzard and they are massive underlined massive problems at blizzard but this again this this whole regulation does have the potential of changing what a lot of future for some video games can be but in the end only time will tell someone in chat asked you know, we just ship all of uh all of blizzard o over to china and just skip a couple of steps we're gonna take our first break here but before we do i actually do have an announcement i was gonna put it in the break but after thinking about it a bit i've decided against it we are actually launching something new for eagle eyes on tech one of the features that recently got published on anchor is the ability for subscriptions so what i have done is that i have already recorded a special one topic long form episode of eagle eyes on tech that'll just be referred to as the episode number ex and that will be available ad free for subscribers we're gonna test this this idea out we're gonna see how it goes the subscription is one dollar one dollar one dollar a month and we're just gonna see how that goes i have no idea how it's going to look because right now because the episode is not published at the time of recording this our subscribe button is not visible at all but it's going to be a bit of an experiment and uh, we're going to see how it goes. But I will go ahead and make sure one topic, it's never going to be like, it's, it's never going to be something as big as say China restricting miners to only three hours of gameplay a week sort of thing. It's going to be a big topic, but it's not going to be one that's like, you must know about this. It's the hot topic everyone's talking about. In fact, this time around, it is about the eight-year anniversary of Final Fantasy XIV's A Realm Reborn and looking at how Final Fantasy XIV rose up as it is. So that will be up available when this podcast is, is up on Monday. And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, so... We've talked about it quite a bit. The, uh... A Twitch Day Off protest. The boycott took place on Wednesday, and... While it was more successful than I thought it was going to be initially, based on the numbers that came out of it, by far, without a doubt, it did the bulk of its work before it even happened. The news coverage and whatnot that 
a Twitch day off got far, far out, outdoes what it ended up getting as far as sending a message. Some of the numbers that were gathered up based on it was saying that close to a 10% drop in channels live based on the previous week, as well as just shy of a million fewer peak viewers according to streamer analyst Zach Boosie, which may or may not be how his name is pronounced. I am not entirely certain, but a large chunk of that also most likely came from some big moves that YouTube gaming made. YouTube gaming has signed on both Dr. Lupo, who was, who is one of the bigger Fortnite streamers on Twitch, and Tim the Tatman, also one of the bigger streamers on Twitch. They are now YouTube gaming exclusive streamers. And yes, Twitch took their passing far or they're moving on far better than they took ninjas. I know that's a low bar, but it's true. Now, it's kind of hard to say whether this was intentionally timed or not to coincide with the problems that Twitch is having, but holy cow, this made for one heck of a sucker punch to Twitch. You've had for close to a month now tons upon tons of talk about how Twitch is doing nothing about these robo-raids And now all of a sudden, you have two big Twitch names moving over to YouTube. Is this a sign that YouTube gaming is actually playing some big moves? Or is this kind of a last hurrah for YouTube gaming to try and save itself as... Google decides whether to axe the program or not. Because, let's be honest, the last time we saw this exact same move, who was it? It was Mixer. How's Mixer doing nowadays? Oh, yeah. That's right. They don't exist. So it's hard to say whether this is going to pay off or not for YouTube. Here's what I'd say. 
What YouTube needs to do. What YouTube needs to do is that they need to add quite a few features to their live stream platform. First off, they, they have the infrastructure right now to help streamer visibility on YouTube, and they just don't use it. In fact, YouTuber Jay's Two Cents posted a... Uh, where is it? Where, where, where is the post? Made a post on his own Twitter saying that his live show he was putting on YouTube, he is delaying right now because YouTube's algorithm... is instead promoting only his live streams, but putting less promotion on his actual YouTube content. Here, here's, the, here's the post. This is from, from Jay's Two Cents Twitter. Hey guys, we are going to be putting the RTFM show, that is his, uh, I'd say his tech podcast, but uh, it, it, it's... It's, I would say it's more of an impromptu comedy show with some tech sprinkled in. The RTFM show is on hold, although it was misspelt, but we, we know what he means. Show on hold for a bit, mostly as an experiment to see how much it affects the algorithm. I am convinced it has a negative effect on the channel. If and when it com comes back, it would be on a separate channel slash platform. Thank you for understanding. So there's now suspicion that live channels that have live content, it YouTube demotes their offline content. Why? That seems silly. There is also the element that one of the big elements of Twitch, as I said, off air, is the aspect of hosts and raids. Twitch raids, not to be confused with hate raids, mind you, are when, when a streamer finishes, they go ahead and bring all their viewers to another stream to surprise them. It's actually a big bit of the Twitch culture. In addition, there are hosts, where while your channel is offline, it instead shows the content of another streamer that you support. A lot of people who don't even support go ahead and host streamers that they do support specifically to go ahead and show people you know, who they think is a good streamer. YouTube gaming has none of that. But that's not hard to add. The chat experience on YouTube gaming as well is subpar compared to Twitch. That's rather easy to solve as well. YouTube gaming has the potential to overtake Twitch. Considering Twitch's biggest problems right now is first off, A, their account creation process is being heavily abused and that needs to be stopped right now. Just saying. 
Two, some of their options make no sense. My personal favorite was one that I recently came across in my moderation section, where in your creator dashboard, under settings, under moderation, and then under chat privileges, the first option there is email verification. Saying that anyone that would like to send messages in your chat room must first verify their email. Why is that an option? Why is that not a basic part of your freaking platform? Why would it not surprise me at all if they went ahead and just made it so that in order to chat anywhere on Twitch, you had to verify their email? Why would it not surprise me at all if the bot problem just vanished? By the way, that's an option that's off by default. At least the last time I looked at it. It might have changed now, but if you are a streamer and you have not enabled this yet, creator dashboard, settings, moderation, channel privileges, it's literally the first option. That should be on. Chat says it seems like a basic function on message boards that's been doing this for decades. Exactly! I actually am very curious if a lot of these streamers that have been hate rated do not have this on because they don't know it's a button that they just assumed that it's a normal feature that should have been on and not hinted under one, two, three, four layers of menu. By the way, those who are watching lives to show that I'm not making this up. There it is. Right there. Under under moderation, under settings, in your creator dashboard, chat privileges. Right there. Uh Yeah, why is email verification not on by default? We'll never know. Maybe it is now. Who knows? I don't even know why it's a switch. Why would you ever want that off? Someone in chat has confirmed it shows off on theirs. slow clap slow freaking clap i'm actually curious on um on my experiment account i am now actually curious is it on by default this account never streams it is off by default and this account was made like a year ago or two years ago Someone on chat says semi sarcastic. I can't imagine why they'd have that off by default. I actually can't because guess what? 
as long as they're watching they're a view they count as a viewer they don't have to be chatting to be counted as a viewer And it's, and it is these kinds of things within Twitch that really does just make me yank out my hair and go, why? Why Twitch? Why do you insist on just having these moments of just hilariously gross incompetence? And in the same arena as the twitch versus youtube arena there's also the giant elephant in the room that is the fact that well twitch still has a big dmca problem and their tools for handling dmca takedown requests is um well it's improved but it is years underlying years behind YouTube's and granted YouTube's is also very very imperfect but it's still way better than Twitch's but that is the situation with Twitch right now and People are now asking because, of course, Twitch just made two big signs. Is there going to be a third? Is there going to be a fourth? And because now you got YouTube gaming with Dr. Disrespect, which we still have no idea why he was banned from Twitch. You have YouTube gaming with Tim the Tatman. You have him with Dr. Dr. Lupo. You have YouTube with a whole bunch of other streamers as well that were originally on the platform in the first place. The question's going to eventually come up. Should small streamers switch to YouTube? And as someone who does not full-time stream, does not rely on his Twitch income and any income from streaming at all, but looks at it as solely a hobby that he takes far more seriously than a lot of streamers take their own streaming career shockingly enough I don't know how would I switch to YouTube no no I would not for the reasons I said earlier YouTube is not there yet It is not there as far as it being a good experience for both the streamer and for the viewers. It has improved, but it is still sloppy. And it still has a long, long way to go. But it is very easy to see how it can catch up assuming that YouTube actually wants to go ahead and put in the effort to improving it. 
Someone in chat says it got sloppy ever since Google bought it. Well, YouTube never had a live experience before you, before Google bought it. I mean, let's be honest. I'm not going to blame YouTube's shortcomings on being bought by... On being bought by Google. I'm not. In fact, a lot of YouTube's success is because Google went ahead and built it up from what it once was. Google buying YouTube was possibly the best thing ever happened to YouTube. Just like, and this is a controversial opinion, just like Alienware is far better after Dell bought it than anyone is willing to admit. Alienware, when it was first, when it was first in existence, all it had was RGB and half-baked cases and Clevo laptops. That's it. They were nothing to really uh, praise. When Dell bought them and Dell went ahead and gave Alienware access to what Dell could do, the quality improved drastically. You compare the first generation Alienware M17X to the previous generation flagship laptop, it is night and day. Dual GPUs, adequately cooled, magnesium metal body. Those suckers were tanks. And on top of that, because they no longer had to go through Clevo, they could go ahead and actually put the CPU and the GPU on the bottom. You had access to everything. You could upgrade that M17X to whatever you want. Nowadays, though, Alienware is uh, not good. But that's also because Dell right now, um, th they've let a lot of their quality slide. Like, it is hard to look at Dell right now and say, yep, that's a good-looking machine. Because it all looks bad right now. Outside of their server line. Someone in chat has reminded me of an article that uh, I actually completely forgot, forgot about, but I've seen it. Uh, Dr. Disrespect says he knows why Twitch banned him and he's suing Twitch over his ban. That is one thing I actually did forget all about. And I'm actually surprised I'm allowed to actually even see this article because I thought I hit my limit for what I could see from Forbes. I'm not, I, I actually am legitimately surprised. So I guess we'll just wait and see how that pans out. I can't, this was from last week, wasn't it? Yeah, this was from last week. It just didn't make my cut for one reason or another. So that right now, like I said, I would not move over to YouTube. It has a long way to go. But that being said, any streamer, regardless of whether they stream on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, or whatever. First off, if they stream on Facebook, they need to rethink their life. Second, you should have an exit plan. It may sound grim to say, 
But if streaming on Twitch is your livelihood, you should have a plan in place to consider streaming your content on other platforms. You should have a backup plan on switching over to YouTube. You should also, by the way, consider making content for other platforms to diversify your income. If a guy like me who does it as a hobby can do it, you too should look into it. Whether it be just making little highlight clip reels on for YouTube, whether it be making a podcast, whatever it may be. Making little TikToks. You should be doing it. You should be doing anything you can to get your name out there and diversify your income. Because that way, if Twitch does go under, because the entire platform is uninhabitable, you should consider it. Yeah, I know. I can't believe I recommended going to TikTok either. But the unfortunate thing is, in the... Uh, in the influencer space, no matter what you think of a platform, you've got to be where the eyeballs are. You have to be. No matter what. Even if it is a sketchy as heck platform that has done some really, really bizarre things like trying to have access to dangerous amount of data on your phone. It's still where the eyeballs are. As much as I hate it. We're going to take another break here. When we come back, we have a lot of things to talk about, about the Facebook or not Facebook, uh, the Netflix little gaming venture, as well as updates with windows 11. We got a lot to talk about. And little time to do it. We will be back. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. While uh, during the break, uh, we, we were talking about very briefly... And I should clarify, if you're a streamer and you're going to go ahead and diversify your content creation and income, uh, be smart about it. Like joining OnlyFans might send a message you don't want. Or publishing content to you porn. I, I would hope you think about these sort of things. Like to Ko-Fi might make sense or Patreon, depending on the kind of content you make. Just be smart about it. I just felt like I should have that little asterisk, kind of like how uh, Netflix Gaming should have the asterisk that it, that Netflix Gaming is not actually Netflix Gaming. So, in a world of uh, what the actual heck, Netflix Gaming is not streaming gaming. 
figure that one out. Apparently Netflix gaming, its sole purpose is gonna be selling mobile games through the Netflix app, which then because of the walled garden aspect is just going to go ahead and link you over to a hidden listing on the iPhone app store or the Google play store. I didn't think that Google Stadia could be outdone in the level of idiocy of their platform. But holy cow, Netflix found a way. They found a way to just be incredibly dumb. Now, once the walled garden comes down, if it comes down, you know, maybe selling mobile games inside the Netflix app won't be so dumb. But right now it's just stupid. Really, really stupid. Apparently also, um, these games are also launched on uh, other platforms. Apparently it was available for a time on Steam and good old games. But uh, the Netflix game Stranger Things 3 has been removed from both platforms. Thus only adding to the level of confusion I now have. Like, what happened to Stranger Things 2? We still don't know. As far as I know, there's still only a Stranger Things 1 and Stranger Things 3. Is this just part of the Stranger Things branding? That there cannot be a Stranger Things 2 for lore? I don't know. I, I still don't know. Just like I also don't know what AMD is smoking because there is leaks of an AMD Radeon RX 6900 XTX GPU. Yes, an XTX. Not to be confused with the already existing, well, already non-existing RX 6900 XT, which is currently AMD's highest end GPU that competes with the also fictional RTX 3090. The thought process here is that this alleged GPU is going to compete with the alleged NVIDIA GeForce RTX 3090 Super that's being rumored about, but 
I mean, we'll all have to see, especially since we're talking about fictional items like graphic cards. Just a friendly reminder that you still cannot buy a GPU. Although maybe down the road you can buy a RX 470 from China. Someone in chat says, I hate that you're using the term alleged GPU and that it's actually a thing. What does that tell us about the GPU market right now? From now on, we should just make that a thing. Uh, un fictional GPUs are GPUs that have launched but no one can buy and alleged gpus are gpus that we still cannot buy but have not have not launched yet and only exist in rumors but also just won't exist because all gpus are myths right now or do exist but only exist as hilariously scalped items either on ebay or in european electronic stores and nowhere else. Just flip your desks now. Now that being said, though, we are seeing some word of some Threadrippers on the way. The Threadripper Pro 5995WX and 5945WX appear to be on their way. The 5995WX is going to be a 64 core, 128 thread CPU, whereas the 9445WX is going to be a 12 core, 24 thread CPU. No word right now as to their clock speed, as far as I'm aware. Someone in chat says, I'd rather not flip my desk because it has an actual non-fictional, non-alleged GPU on it. That's just what the GPU wants you to think. It is actually a myth. Th this uh, 780 I keep reaching for right here, this doesn't actually exist. It is also a myth. This isn't real. This absolutely isn't real. You can tell because GTX 780 is written in Sharpie in the grooves of the engraving, but it's still written in Sharpie. This isn't real. This is a myth. I'm actually holding a green block and it's being, and a GPU is being green screened in its place. That'd be a neat trick. <laughs> I think, I, I don't know if that would actually be easier or harder than actually getting a GPU. Actually getting a green block and freaking in real time editing it in. But in any case, new Threadrippers on their way. I still want to hear more rumors about the next gen, that 96 core monstrosity. That's being talked about. Meanwhile, in the PlayStation realm... A new revision of the PS5 has come out and it has lost a bit of weight. A little over half a pound 
of weight has been shaved off this newer model of the PS5, and the culprit has been found to be the cooling. And by using the very scientific method of pointing a heat gun at the rear end of it, and by that I mean a thermometer, not an actual heat gun that, that throws off heat, we can tell that this cooling is worse because the exhaust is two degrees hotter. Oh no. The new PS5s are worse. And because there's less heat sink, it's clear. Sony's just trying to save a buck. Oh, the corporate greed. Rabble, rabble, rabble. All right. Well, now that we're done with that, let's actually an analyze it like normal, rational people. How about that? So the person who originally showed this off is uh, Austin Evans, who is a tech YouTuber. And he did a teardown of this new edition of the PS5 compared to the old one, not knowing what was going to be in it. And then finding that, in fact, the reason it is lighter is because the internal CPU or the internal cooler is uh, in a different cooling configuration. There is a noticeable amount of heatsink that is missing and that the ones that are there have been rearranged. Now, one working theory is that this newer cooler is more efficient, but, you know, experts have not gone back and... Uh, no, no one's gone back and seen if there actually is a huge performance hit on this. But in the end, the only real difference is that the exhaust is two degrees hotter. That's it. That could very easily mean, and Austin Evans has even said this, that the newer cooler is more efficient and just wicking away more heat. So what are my, what's my thought on this? I have always thought that the that the original PS5 cooler design looked dumb. It looked like a giant mess. So the original cooler, first off, it used liquid metal to go and transfer heat from the SOC to the basically vapor chamber on the underside of it then this vapor chamber connects to what appears to be four different kind of heat sinks there's about six heat pipes that seem to just go this that and the other direction going off to the various blocks and then up in the upper cutout is where the squirrel cage blower is but these lower, these lower fins down there are not going to get nearly as much airflow, which then means the bulk of the cooling is going to be done by this upper heat sink here. It, it just screamed like a design that did not look all that efficient to me. This newer one, our vapor chamber is now smaller, if it even is a vapor chamber anymore. It is now aluminum, whereas the old vapor chamber was all copper. And right now, if you've seen the price of copper, that makes total sense. 
and we only have three. We have one heat sink directly on the heat source. We have another heat sink that is a long bar, which is then sitting behind the third heat sink, which is clearly the primary one as we've got four heat pipes going to this final heat sink, two on the top and two on the bottom or on the underside of it. Two running along the top of the, on, on the upper section of the heat sink and two on the bottom. I think the reason that Austin's heat uh, thermometer read two degrees hotter is because there's clearly more heat pipe wicking more heat to this primary heat sink. So that more work's being done by that one as opposed to the rest of them, which is a far smarter design because that heat sink is the one that's the closest to the fan. If anything, there's actually a decent chance the PS5 is going to perform better on this new design than the old one. Like, a lot of people are saying that, you know, this new one is worse just because less copper, more copper, more better. Just judging by the fact that the old design only had two heat pipes going to this rear one, and this new one has four. Which is going to make this primary one do more work. The new one's probably going to be better. While saving costs. They should have gone with the sign of design from the first, from the get-go. Just straight up. People in chat are say saying, though, that uh, PlayStation fanboys, though, went ahead and... Uh, attacked Austin Evans on social media and doxed Austin Evans. What a bunch of jerks. I know I can't expect everyone in the world to have as cool and as level head as I do, but man, calm down and think things through. Maybe, just maybe, we can try and not be Jags. But I guess that's asking too much, isn't it? It's a shame. It really, really is a shame. Especially when you just break it down and think things through. But at the same time, you also do sometimes have to just look at history for how things are going to go. Like, a like, I'm sorry, not AMD. WD is boasting that they're going to have... NAND flash enhanced hard drives in their new hard drives. Yes, Western Digital, the company that silently replaced all the chips on their SSDs with, with worse ones, says, don't worry, we're going to go ahead and enhance our hard drives with flash. and rehashing solid-state hard drives. Or SSHDs. Hey, Western Digital, you know how you just got over one scandal involving Flash? Like, a week ago? Maybe, just maybe, Maybe right now is not the right time 
to go ahead and uh, push this out. I'm just saying. It might make people think that, uh, that, you know, this is going to be bad. That this is, you know, kind of weird that you go ahead and uh, swap out flash modules secretly, silently, as a cost-saving measure, and then you put more flash in inferior products. Or I shouldn't say inferior, but technology that's exclusively used for cold or archival storage. It kind of makes you look like a bunch of idiots. Just saying. Almost as big of idiots as Windows 11, which, by the way, Windows 11 is going to launch October 5th. We now have an official date. So holiday 2021 means it's going to launch before any of the holidays in the holiday season. Wait a minute. That's weird. What's even weirder, though, is the fact that uh, you will not be able to run Android apps on your Windows 11 install at all. It's not going to be available at launch. Because why have one of the only reasons to switch to Windows 11? And even better, remember how before Windows Microsoft was going to say, hey, you can install Windows 11. But you're on your own as far as support if you put on older hardware. Well, now that also means that you're not going to get updates. At least that's what Microsoft is threatening. If your CPU is too old. From the same company that said, we're totally going to stop giving support to Windows 7, but then still did it for years after the support date. Oh, oh, okay then, Microsoft. Uh, we believe you. Wink, wink. No, no support for older CPUs. Wink, wink. We, we, we get you. Nudge, nudge. Wink, wink. But maybe they're serious because old PCs are being booted out of the Windows 11 Insider Preview. Despite the fact that you can, in fact, install Windows 11 on older PCs, Microsoft is uh, pretty much not allowing anything for uh, older PCs running Windows 11. Okay, so can I install Windows 11 or not? But I, I, just, just talk to us. I don't think I've gotten this many mixed signals in a while. Not since college, at least. What can and can't I do? I don't know. I do not understand. What what's your game, Microsoft? I don't know. Nobody knows. Uh 
Well, I'm just going to stick to Windows 10 for a while. Because, I mean, I, I, I work too hard to take this kind of, this many mixed signals. That and also, I'm not a lunatic. I would still, right here, right, right, I would not install Windows 11 on launch. Absolutely not. Not on any system I actually use on a regular basis. Not that it matters, because I don't think I have a single PC that's actually new enough to take it. I think. I actually have to check to see if uh, the Xeons in my streaming rig are actually new enough or not. I still do not know. I'm still getting mixed signals on that. All right, with, n with no good transition, I want to switch over to rumors of the iPhone 13 to support low Earth orbit satellite communication to allow phone calls and texts without the use of a cell signal. This right here is actually gonna be the next frontier of uh, smartphones. This kind of technology. To be able to go ahead and basically have a sat phone on you. Normally you'd have to actually have a very special kind of phone to have satellite communication. With this, it could just be built in to your average phone, assuming they have the way to do that. Someone in chat says you just bring back FM radio chips. There are actually some Android phones that do have FM radio built in it. That same person in chat also wants to know if they can have headphone jack. No. No, you cannot. Headphone jacks are a forbidden technology. We are forbidden from ever having it ever again. And yes, I still absolutely hate the fact that a freaking headphone jack is forbidden technology. With no good transition, though, I bring us to the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week. And honestly, this time around, I actually had to go and search a little bit for a weird story. This one only falls in the category because we talked about this story in the past about the $2 million retro game. People in chat are now comparing whether their phones have headphone jacks or not. Here is the concern. YouTuber Carl Jobst has outlined a ser series of apparent conflicts of interest between WADA Games, an agency gra grading rare games, and the Heritage Auctions a company that recently has been selling them for record-breaking prices. Not only does he accuse Heritage Games of fraudulent behavior, but he also questions the motives of WADA Games, which appears to be a revolving door between graders, collectors, and sellers. There's a select group of very wealthy, very powerful people pulling the strings behind this recent spike in video game prices, and the same people are making money hand over fist, Jobst argues in his videos. Wada Games did not directly respond to the comment. However, Wada Wada's parent company, 
company has engaged a series of PR firm. I'm sorry, engaged the services of a PR firm called Golden Solutions, which among other reputation related services has provided crisis communication for some clients in the past. Golden provides Kotaku with the following statement on, on behalf of Wada Games themselves. Wada Games is the trusted leader in collectible video games gr- rating, and we're honored to play a key role in this booming industry that we are incredibly passionate about. We are humbled by the support of our thousands of customers who trust us to provide accurate, transparent grading. The claims in this video are completely baseless and defamatory, and it's unfortunate Mr. Jobst did not contact us to give us the opportunity to correct him. So, this is a very interesting little story. First off, do not let the fact that this comes from Kotaku cloud your judgment on its accuracy. There are several other sources referring to this, and also there is, of course, the story of from Carl Jobst himself. This does raise a lot of questions, because when I first talked about the $2 million sale of a copy of, of uh, Super Mario Brothers Duck Hunt, I initially just chalked it up to, wow. The same crowd that, keep, that spends way too much money on NFTs has now moved on to retro games. But would it have surprised me at all if this kind of attempt at manipulating the retro gaming market came in? Does this have a ring of truth at all? That actually is a very good question. Now, there is an update on this story because this has actually been going on for a bit. This also from Kotaku. Heritage Auctions did not respond to a request for comment in time for publication, but yesterday told VGC it was not involved in any illegal or unethical practices. Well, of course they'd say that! That's such a non-statement. Oh, we didn't do anything illegal or unethical. What, are you going to admit it? What do you think this is? Persona 5? Their, their, their freaking bad feels were, were stolen after a big boss fight so they confessed everything? No! No one's going to go ahead and, and, and say it unless you're this dingus in the chat right now. Her- the, the article continues. Heritage Auctions wishes it had been given the opportunity to respond before the video's publication because there are numerous misstatements of fact and inaccuracy, inaccurate conclusions contained within the piece, a spokesman told VGC. 
Heritage strongly refutes any allegations that it or its officers are involved in any shill bidding, mark manipulation, or any similar illegal or unethical practices. Heritage prides itself on our transparency and being a place built, built by and for collectors. With this in mind, we welcome the opportunity to discuss the video game marketplace further and would invite Mr. Jops to our world headquarters in Dallas to tour our operations and speak further with leadership. That is the statement from Heritage Auctions. Now, do I believe there could in fact be collectors that want to that want to spend millions on very mint copies of these retro games? It's possible but at the same time there is no specifics given in either of these statements they just said you lie it smells to me of just generic pr defending there's nothing to actively refute anything in any of these statements that also being said, there's also an ounce of, I'm also reading an article from Kotaku, so it's possible those were just dropped because Kotaku is bad at their job. And I unfortunately did not have a chance to look at this response to see if others act outside of Kotaku actually had this as well. But this is going to be a very interesting little thing to see how it evolves. Because there, there is something that just doesn't sound right in all this. Like, why all of a sudden now are the prices for these retro games just going sky high? And then on top of that, these sort of sky high prices on these very, very mint copy of the games is now affecting the used retro market as a whole. I personally finally got a hold of my childhood my childhood N64, my my Super Nintendo. I just got a hold of a GameCube and a Game Boy player. I actually planned on doing more and more original hardware retro streams on my channel at twitch.tv slash Eagle Falcon. But because these other games went sky high, now everyone else thinks, whoa. Maybe this game that used to only sell for 20 bucks on eBay can sell for 60. And it's now pushing the, the, the price of original hardware games on marketplaces like eBay higher and higher and higher. Well, now all of a sudden, the allure of a streamer like myself wanting to go ahead and stream the original copy of, let, let's, let's say Yoshi's Island. Let's pretend I didn't have an original copy of Yoshi's Island. Do I want to go out and just have the credit of, of streaming Yoshi's Island originally on a, on a Super Nintendo for who knows how much money? Or do I just play the version that's on the Switch 
from the digital console that's exactly the same, but just on a Switch instead of on the Super Nintendo. Someone in chat said the owner of Wada Games also went on to Pawn Stars and declared a game as worth $80,000 right off the bat. So there's quite a bit of oddness going on here. And I would, I don't know who's right in this. I really don't. But I am leaning more towards the YouTuber being more likely correct in all this just because it is the YouTuber Carl Jobs tier that is able to provide ration and are able to provide reason as to his conclusion rather than WADA games and heritage auctions that went ahead and just gave a very, very generic canned PR denial that also then had to go ahead and hire on PR firms that specialize in crisis communications. This is going to get good. And unfortunately, in all this, the people who are the losers in this are unfortunately the majority. I know it's not the normal last burb weird story that we normally stick with at the end, but... You know, we still had to call it. It is what it is. That's going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening. And like I mentioned earlier, we are going to be testing a subscription model, having additional content. You can find more information about that at anchor.fm slash eagle eyes on tech. Take care. And hopefully I'll see you then. No spaces, by the way. Now, with that being said, though, while I hate the practices of these scummy outfits, this is a chance for me to make a a couple of bucks. Let's go on to eBay and let's see if I can get rid of my most cursed Super Nintendo game. Pac-Man 2 Super Nintendo. All right, I can get rid of it for 10 bucks. Oh... I guess 10 bucks is more than the kick in the teeth that Pac-Man 2 is going to give me anyway.